case, you gotta copy this. Yeah, go ahead. 11 more stars. I'll be over in a minute. Time, temperature, and concentration. Read the work order. Safety glasses. You're not done with that yet? Hey, put on some gloves. Can you please just follow the process? Make sure you put your respirator away. Solvent rags go over the side of the trash can. Where's your wet film gauge? Make sure you're putting tags back on the parts. Did you milk check that? Put your tools away. This Chase. Welcome to Kaiser Cast Episode Four. I'm Jace Kaiser, and I'm here with my co-host Chloe Lighty. Today we are going to be interviewing Jay Kaiser, my dad, as kind of a follow-up to interviewing my mom a few weeks ago, Sherry Kaiser. Uh, we're gonna have a little open discussion first, though. Chloe, how are you doing today? How was your week this week? Doing well. It was a good week overall. Um, it was kind of fun watching all of the footage roll in from you guys, uh, from the car frame promo. I saw a lot of car frames in our shared folder. Yeah, this is the second time that we did the car frame promo. The first time we did it was back around Thanksgiving and we had a really good turnout. I think we ended up with like around nine car frames, quite a few subframes, quite a few car parts as well. So since that went so well and towards the end of it, people were asking if they could drop off after the special was over. We decided we weren't letting people do that because we kind of had a, a fixed time frame for it. We didn't want to be unfair. Uh, but then we thought about it over Christmas break and thought we would do it again. So not quite a big a turnout this time, but I kind of expected that because we just did nine so like there's probably not as many car frames available but it was it's still good everybody was still excited actually there are some people that brought in more car frames they took advantage of the first one and then the first special and then brought in more car frames for this special so that was cool good i imagine money's also tight after the holidays too there's probably not a lot of restoration going on right now yeah probably usually in the winter is when people do those kind of projects though because there's nothing else to do outside mm -hmm. anyway Right. So how many this time? I'd have to go back and count. I think there's four for sure. There might be five. So it's still pretty, it's pretty good. It's, it's probably about half. And you're doing them in the Cardinal 20% black? Yeah, this time around we just use the Cardinal 20% black only. It's just a little bit easier to flow them through the shop. And that color looks the best on car frames anyway. So all of these will be the Cardinal 20% black. What's the difference between that and the Diamond Vogel Trailer Black? Because I know that one's popular as well. Uh, trailer Black is high gloss, like above 90%, so it's really glossy black. And, um, it, I mean, you can use that on a car frame, but normally car frames are old and rusty, so we, after we blast them, there's a lot of pitting that's left behind just because there was so much rust. Uh, it was actually eating away at the, the, the metal. And so when you use a really high gloss color, all that shine 
pulls out all the imperfections in the surface. So it kind of makes it look bad when it's finished, even though like the powder coating is smooth, but it's just following all of the contours of the part. So normally the lower gloss you use on something like that, the better it looks because when the sun shines on it, it doesn't glare at you as much. So that's why usually most customers will pick 20% black and the mm -hmm. ones who pick gloss black end up being disappointed because they're like, Oh, I didn't realize I was going to be able to see all the, where it was rusty before just because the metal had rusted away. So is this a conversation you have over and over and over again with your, with your client base? Sometimes. I mean, yeah. a lot of them come in and just want a low gloss black anyway, but the ones that want a higher gloss black, I usually try to tell them. Nice. So you said that you went to the store today or maybe you order them online. I, I made the mistake of walking into REI without any kind of plan. <laughs> What's REI? And so REI is something recreational equipment, something. Um, it's like this big um, outdoor sporting store. So everything from cycling to snowboarding to hiking, everything you can imagine they have. Um, so I spent like two hours wandering around. I wound up trying on running shoes, even though I'm not a runner. And I now own a pair of cloud flyer running shoes that are easily the most comfortable shoes I've ever owned in my entire life. We're going back tomorrow to get some for my husband. My brother just texted me a picture. He just bought some on my recommendation. <laughs> my whole family is going to be wearing cloud flyers this year. Just as like shoes to wear around the house or you're actually going to yeah. start running? No, I think I might actually be inspired to start running. We have some fitness goals this year, my husband and I. Um, so I'm halfway through a 30-day yoga challenge, and we've been doing this FitBod app um, to do body weight workouts at home. And um, I think we're I think we're ready to start running, and these shoes are definitely going to get us there. Cool. I've been trying to stretch every morning and every night, and sometimes I'll be laying in bed scrolling through social media, and I'll see your you've been posting about like views from your yoga mat or something uh -huh. <laughs> and I'll be like, Oh crap, I forgot to stretch. And then I get out of bed and stretch before I go to sleep. It makes a difference, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially this year. I feel like I've been staring at a computer screen and walking nine steps a day for 10 months. I feel a big difference when yeah. I do yoga versus when I don't. Anything else new? Uh, no, we're pretty, um, Austin got vaccinated last week. He was very excited. Oh, sweet. Yep. He got round one. Round two is in early February. How um, is he part? How is he eligible? Cause he's essential. So he, he got a call from the police department saying, Hey, we have extras and we have to use them today or they'll go bad. Oh. Do you want some? So he's considered law enforcement. He does have to go on call, um, a couple weeks a year. So he's not. I mean, I wouldn't say he's like frontline, frontline, but he does interact with the public. He is in trial. Um, and so I guess, you know, they were they were passing him around to law enforcement and he he got lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize that they expired like that, but that's because of the temperature, probably. Right. Yep. Once the vials open, it has to be used um, within a certain amount of time. So. We're lucky enough to live right by the police station. He literally ran out the door and like yelled like, I'm going to get vaccinated. I'll be right back. <laughs> heard the door slam. I was like, oh, okay. All right. So that was exciting. So he was fine? 
after his yeah, first yeah. one? Nothing, yep. No issue, yep. nothing? Cool. No issues. People say the second dose tends to be a little bit more painful, um, but he had a really good experience with the first one. So well, that's good to hear. Fingers crossed. Yeah. What's new with you guys? Not much. Just hard at it still. Got a little bit of snow this week. So I know we had that's to keep your favorite. Every- yep. So we had to keep everything inside. Jay moved all the snow this week. So that was nice. I didn't have to do that. Um, a lot of blowing snow. But we were still having trucks come in and out. So. All the truck drivers were braving it. Good. No one got stuck. Not that I know of. Not anybody at Kaiser anyway that I know of. Sounds like the wind was really working against them. More yeah, it was the super. Wind. Yeah, because bl- there was blizzard warnings and stuff like that. That's and, the worst. And for what I fixed this week, I think the wind actually caused the issue. So the uh, I was sitting in my office and I heard this really loud bang. And I looked outside because I thought something had like flipped over in the lot or something from a wind. And I was like, hmm, I don't see anything. And then Jess came into my office. He's like, I think my uh, exhaust fan just blew up. Oof. And so his, when you're in the paint booth, when you're in the fan, there's an exhaust fan that pulls the fumes out of the top of the booth. And then there's a makeup air fan in the side of the building. Because if you're pulling... Um, air out you have to then replace the air in the building otherwise like you would suck the doors in essentially if all you do is suck a ton of air out and so the fan that broke was the one that kind of replaces the air in the building and i think that the wind was just blowing so hard that while it was running some wind gusts kind of went through there and it was it's been kind of on its last leg it's really old and so it finally broke it's like huge fan, so it's like 42 inch, so three and a half foot diameter. And I looked up did in there, have- and all the blades were broken off. Oh, did you have to wait for the blizzard to be over before you fixed it? No, luckily we were we could equalize the air pressure in the building by just keeping some doors and stuff open. So he was able to keep painting. But I got a new fan ordered. Well, I had a new fan on the shelf. Uh, that I got a couple years ago thinking it was the right one. So I was really, I was, I mean, it sucked that it broke, but I was kind of excited to like, oh, I have the spare. But then we realized after dad was helping me take it apart or Jay was helping me take it apart. And we realized the one that I got, it's not heavy duty enough. So we couldn't put that in. So at like 730 at night, I got on the internet, found a fan blade, just a fan blade that we could replace and ordered it and overnighted it. And it was there by 1030 the next day got to put it in i'll put it in i'm probably gonna put it in tomorrow wow sounds like a hassle yep just another week another week at kaiser jace doing jace stuff (laughs) at least you enjoy it yeah you know like you spend what percentage of your day fixing things imagine if you hated it yeah i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing if i hated it right does jay feel the same way I guess we'll have to ask him here in a minute. That's a good segue. We will. So today, like I said, we're interviewing my dad, Jay Kayser. Or we need to do social media tip of the day first, don't we? Let's do that real quick. Then we'll bring him in. Let's do social media tip of the day. What's your social media tip of the day, Chloe? 
So I think probably the most useful thing we did in 2020 was take stock of our audiences on our different platforms. Um, and some of the platforms made it really easy, like Facebook has really detailed audience analytics. It will tell you what age range, it will tell you gender, it'll tell you location, it'll tell you all sorts of things. Um, and then our other platforms were not quite so straightforward, but we took some time to kind of scroll through our follower lists and um, sort of track, you know, who was commenting and engaging with us. And we actually identified, um, so for instance, our Facebook tends to be more of our general public base, whereas Instagram tends to be fellow industry professionals like job shops and people who spray powder, um, either through whatever their home business or like as part of an actual operation. So we, it took some time, um, but I would say that it has made a huge difference um, in how we produce content for each platform. There's just something really nice about knowing who you're talking to when you're trying to um, share tips or tricks or advice or, um, you know, the things that we share on social media. So if you haven't yet, take some time, get to know your audiences. They're probably different on different platforms um, and then tailor your content accordingly. And I think that that will, that will add a lot more value for the people who follow you. I agree with that. Yeah. Do you feel like it's made a difference? I feel like it's made a huge difference. Yeah. I think it's hard to gather all of that information. Instagram yeah. and Facebook are pretty good about it. Um, but if there's anyone out there that is really good at social media analytics and has years of experience in it, reach out to us. We want to hear from Please. you. <laughs> we'll bring yeah. you on the podcast so you can help educate other people. Um, the analytics are out there. Sometimes they're just really hard to work their way through. But I agree with yeah. you, the the Facebook and Instagram, it's good. It's nice to know who uh, who mainly is looking at our content. Right. All right. So now, like I said earlier today, we're talking to my dad, Jay Kayser. Um, he was the one who started Kayser painting from the ground up, him with my mom. And so he's kind of the blood, sweat, and tears of all, but he's the reason why I'm here today. He's the reason why... I'm able to run uh, the Kaser Blasting and Coatings and, and do the things we do. He's the reason why we're doing all this or able to do all this social media and have stuff to talk about. Um, so without further ado, welcome, Jay. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good. We're so happy to have you. We'll see how happy you are when we're done. <laughs> So we chatted with Sherry a few weeks ago, um, and it sounds like you might have a very different version of um, kind of the origin story of Kaiser Painting, Inc. So I'd love to get your side of where it all started back in 1987 um, and what was going on back then. Um, I was working for another painting contractor here in town. Um, and then <clears throat> I was getting frustrated with that and whatnot. And of course me and Sherry or were, were dating at that time and soon to be getting married. And I decided it would be a, a good idea to start a painting company, um, which I was perfectly fine with, but, um, she was, she was really supportive. She was all in and, and ready to go. I think, 
um, maybe a little apprehensive or whatnot. She had a full-time job, so that helped. And I, I kind of, I knew I was going to make it work one way or another, but, um, some people thought maybe you just got a weird, uh, a weird answer when you, you said what you were doing and whatnot, but it was probably a little aggressive at the time, um, looking back, but I'm don't really look back kind of person. I'm pretty much all forward and no looking back. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it started. And we, uh, started at 41st and L, um, that is the original starting point. Um, that was a house that Sherry's folks owned. Um, so I fixed it up a little bit, um, before I moved into it. Um, and then of course, when me and Sherry got married, then we were, we, that's where we were at and we, we rented it from them and it was a two stall garage. Um, that's where all the, of course there was only one or two van, probably one van at first. Um, so, and then we had a, you know, the tools and whatnot were stored. We had a room off the back, uh, come out of the back of the garage and went outside on a patio. And then you went into the house and there was one room there that had a desk and then it was a, it was a fairly large room. So all the pumps and everything were in there. So okay. that's where it all started. And, and that's kind of where you differ from Sherry's explanation. Cause I know we've been circulating a picture on social media of the, the original garage. And you're saying that that actually wasn't the original. No, garage. that's not it. That that's the, okay. that's was about three or four years, uh, three years later than we moved out to the, uh, out to the acreage. Um, I had a criteria of what I wanted in a acreage slash shop that I thought Sherry would never find because I didn't want to spend the money, obviously. But right. of course, she's the the researcher she is, and as relentless as she is, of course, she found one, and that's where we moved next. So she mentioned um, that you were actually that farming is your first love. Is that true? Yeah. Um, well, of course I was born and raised on a farm, um, and worked, you know, growing up and going through high school and whatnot, you know, you just, that, that kind of environment is just, you know, when you're, you're a boy and growing up and that's just the next step is to be on a farm. I mean, that just kind of goes with it. Um, but it was early eighties, 82. I graduated from high school and farming was not, was not real great at that time. So, uh, my father couldn't get me going along with my brother. It just didn't work out financially. So I went on to tech school, went, moved, moved to Lincoln, went to tech school and got an automotive degree. And then, uh, went back to Pender's where I grew up, was born and raised, went back to Pender for about a year working for a Ford, um, dealership in Pender. And then, um, I came back down to Lincoln and started working for a, a painting contractor here in town. So where did you and Sherry meet? At what point in all of this? 
did that happen? Uh, we met through um, the the guy that owned the painting company was a good friend of mine. I mean, we, we when I was going to college, he had the place. It was a house, and we rented the basement, and he was upstairs, and we just got to know each other really well. And that's how that whole thing kind of got started. And he had a paint company, and he was doing that, and I was going to school, and and it went you know that way. And then we met. Uh, I met Sherry through him. <clears throat> well, through his his girlfriend at that time, um, and now wife and so on and so forth. So, um, that's, did they, did they intentionally set you up or was it just kind of a casual, like, Hey, we know each other kind of thing. Um, her, Sherry's really good friends with Holly. Um, and they, she kind of thought we would hit it off or whatnot. And then I seen a picture and I'm like, yeah, that'll work. Um, <laughs> and then I think she's oh. seen a picture too, but that was, that was a picture of me with a beer box on my head. Um, <laughs> that's what Sherry got to, got to see. There was three of us and, um, and she still married you. Yeah. She, yep. She went on a date with me. If you can believe that after you see a guy with a beer box on their head. Hmm. I don't know about that one, <laughs> but anyway, she must have so, had a lot of faith in her friends. Yep. That's where it all started. And, and then of course it just, um, went on from there. How soon into the relationship did you know she was the one? Hmm. It didn't take too long. A uh, couple, probably three, four months at, 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 if that. Wow. Wow. So it sounds like, and she mentioned the same thing. It sounds like she was completely supportive of your vision. Um, but it's possible that maybe other people around you weren't so much. Oh, I don't know if, you know, if it's that so much, <clears throat> I, I, you know, they, everybody has that, you know, you just, you know, most businesses don't, don't make it, especially when you're mm -hmm. 22 years old and, Sherry was 23, I think. And I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, most people just kind of just say, yeah, well, that's great, you know, or whatnot, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't have made any difference. What kind of, uh, I never really per se to ask anyone cause sure. that's just not who I am. I mean, I, I didn't make any difference what anybody would have said. It wouldn't have changed my mind. So, right. Did anyone offer you any advice along the way? Anything that stands out? No, not really. I probably never asked for anyone's advice, to be honest. Um, other than Sherry, what you wanted. Yeah, I, other than Sherry, that would probably have been the only we we, you know, talked back and forth. But that's about it. Did you have any doubts or concerns along the way, at least at first, or did you just you had a vision and you knew what needed to happen to get there, and you just made it happen? Yeah, I didn't have too many doubts. I just put my head down and get going and. Um, oh, you always have fear. You know, I still to this day have feel, fear of failure. I mean, that's what drives me. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's just, that's just the way it is. And you just, you, you know, you go from that, you get on, you go from there and you try to get your good, good people around you. And of course, Sherry was the start of that. And mm -hmm. the rest just kind of worked its way through. What were your major stressors initially? just knowing if it was going to work or not, you know, being successful, um, not getting in it and going backwards and, and stuff like that. So you just keep going and you keep, you keep driving yourself and go as long and hard as you can. I mean, there's, there's times that I probably worked 150 days in a row, not, no, not took a day off. There was a couple of those stretches. Um, 
So work wasn't, I, I wasn't afraid to work. I knew that would be fine. I just, you know, you just, hopefully you don't make no mistakes, get good people right. around you, which we did. We had a good team of people, meaning, um, accountants, Jim Watts, insurance agent at that time was, uh, Dave Hinckley, which was a friend. All these people were associated with Sherry's, uh, Sherry's folks is that's okay. how we met, you know, that's how we got, um, a relationship with them. <clears throat> and of course, you know, it kept going from there. Dave was in the insurance and we just took that and he kind of guided us and, same with Jim and then Don Bowman was our attorney. You know, they all just kind of kind of guided us in the right directions and, and we listened to what they had to say. Um, and then it just keeps growing from there. And we had to move up to Dave had to tell me one day he couldn't he couldn't keep up with us, so to speak. And we needed safety stuff for insurance. and We were just getting too big. So now we're uh, with Inspro with Clay Peterson and that um, is just a going on from there keeping good people around so you say that like all the, those people you met through uh grandma and grandpa or or mom's mom and dad and uh talk to me a little bit about i don't really know what grandpa's um relationship was with you early on i mean i, I knew like later after like I was older and kind of like he wasn't really, uh, it didn't seem like he gave you much advice or that you would seek his advice out. But when you were younger and you were just getting married to mom and you were getting to know him, did, how, did you have conversations with him about starting the business or like, did you ask him, does he, did he know any accounts or how did like, how did you guys get to know the people that he had worked around or that were friends of his I think that was just asking questions and, and, you know, Sherry probably paid more of a role in that than I did. Um, but just asking him what he thought and, you know, they just knew they'd worked with these people for a long time and knew them or friends of theirs or whatever the case may be. And, um, they were comfortable with that. And once I've met them, I was comfortable with that. So I never really sat, um, Jack down and asked him, really much of anything other than if I could marry his daughter. Um, we just had a, a different, we had, we went out and did a lot of golfing and that kind of thing and stuff that was away from work. Um, he was in a, you know, I was in a little bit different world. He was in the insurance world and I was in the construction world. So it was a little different. Um, but we talked about things here and there and, and, and we got along good and, and his um, contacts that he had made and him and Sharon made, that they're, they're great people. They're great people today. They're a big part of our success. There's no doubt about it. That's wonderful. So the first year of marriage is notoriously hard anyway, um, even just as newlyweds. I can't imagine being newlyweds who are also now business partners trying to build something from the ground up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was interesting one, you know, uh, that whole kind of thing. Now I look back at it and think about, you know, I, I, you ask, you know, you're getting married and then you quit your job and, you know, and I kind of, 
<laughs> that was that was kind of a topic. Curie, I think, mentioned that as well. It was at the, you know, later on, it was a topic like, wow. And I look back at it now thinking, you know, if I would have had a daughter and that would happen, I would have went, what? No, 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 <laughs> that ain't happening, you know. But, of course, Jack wasn't that kind of person, you know. I would have been, but he wasn't. He, he would have, he just... Oh, that's okay, okay, and whatever. And then later on, we talk about it, and he's like, "Oh God, I thought we were, oh man, you know this and that." And but now, you know, we laughed about it a lot after the fact. Well, it clearly shows that he had, you know, no small amount of faith in you, right? And in his daughter's judgment, yeah, because no. she was on board, you were on board. I mean, he wasn't going to get in the way of that. That's kind of remarkable. Yeah, he knew right away, though. He's he 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 could tell what was going on. He knew it was going to uh, work right away. So it 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 calmed his nerves, you know, right away. I I bet it wasn't six months, and it was it. We were all good. And I remember um, asking Grandpa about it. I think it was maybe once I started working or I got a little bit older, maybe I might've been in college. I'm not quite sure, but I like it had come up and all that, those conversations would come up around, uh, family events and stuff. And we'd be laugh, you know, everybody would laugh about like what grandpa's actual reaction, what he was thinking when, when he found out that dad was quitting his job, um, to start his own business. And like, it was just me and grandpa at one point, and I was just like, so what, like, what did you act like? What was, you know, like, how did you reconcile with that? Or how, or how did you just like, be like, okay, I guess that's fine. Cause he is, he kind of does go with the flow and stuff, but he just said, he was like, Jace, I like when I met your dad and I was just around him for a little bit, it was like, if he said he was going to do something, he was going to do it. There was no, like. You just believed look, that was going to happen. There wasn't any way around it. So if, if he said that that's what he was going to do, it wasn't, he didn't really need to worry about it. It was just that it's going to get done. There, there's, wow. not, there's not another option. So. Wow. So I thought that that's... was really interesting that that was his, like, he just like, that was his take on it kind of like, oh, I just basically, he's like, there's just something about the aura around Jay that you just like, you just don't need to doubt it. it it's just going to happen. So It's going to happen. Wow. So, Jay, what made you choose painting specifically? Is it because you were working at the time for a contractor? Is it because it's something you actually enjoy? What What was the, the thought behind that? You know, it was automotive first and then, um, the, like, like my friend of mine, the painting contractor that I worked with, he, he came to uh, Pender and seeked me out one, one Sunday, um, him and his wife, Holly, um, and told me I, you know, I was kind of taken back. Um, I would, I was working up there for probably a year and I'm like, what are you guys doing here? And it's like, oh, we're taking you back to Lincoln with us. And I went, what? <laughs> and said, yeah, we want, so he offered me a job. And of course, you know, there was nothing to stay for really around the little small town and the money was better. And so away I went, packed it up, went to Lincoln and started working at, working for him. And, and it worked, it was great, you know, for a while and for, I think probably, I don't know, three, four years. And I was doing everything, you know, I was running crews. And of course I was fixing everything as well. Cause 
um, had the automotive degree and I could weld, I could do pretty much about anything. So I thought to myself, why am I not doing this for myself? This is kind of stupid. So, um, that's what I did. How far into it were you before you hired your first person? That's a good question. Um, I was trying to figure that out a little bit. I suppose I worked repaints a little bit at first. I even went back to my hometown, Pender, and, you know, family, aunts and uncles and stuff, and and did a few homes um, just doing exterior repaints and miscellaneous stuff here and there. And then I suppose it was six months or so, then I got the first home builder, um, and that was uh, Craftsman Construction. Fill up, which now Phil has a um, Ep Concrete. They do basements and concrete work and whatnot. So he was my first um, home builder. Great guy. Um, I suppose when I got uh, his house, one or two houses, I probably hired a, the first painter. Okay. And then so six months in, that's pretty fast, really. Yeah, it might have been a little longer than six months, but it wasn't a whole lot more. Um, and then, of course, we did one and everybody sees what you can do. And of course, then another home builder jumps on and we had another one and they did several. So then I think I added another and it just kind of grew from there just because we could get them done quick and we did good work. And that's what I built it on. And we just we just grew that home new construction market. I mean, we dominated it. It's it's pretty much we were we'd probably do it 130, 150 of those a year. Wow. Um, we did a lot of them when we were in our peak and in, in new homes. It was four, three, four a week. So wow, yeah, it worked what out is- well. Had a lot of good painters have good painters now had good painters over the years that have moved on and do and they're doing their own thing now too so um but it takes good people you got you got to have good people what what makes a good painter what do you look for when you're hiring uh, now in today's world to show up to work and want to come <laughs> to work every day and be on time so it's changed a lot that whole Chloe that whole uh thing has changed drastically since I started 34 years ago. Um, so I was just looking for somebody that could work hard and learn. I could teach them and I did. And, you know, Jason Clark, my lead person right now, I taught him, you know, all that stuff and he learned it that way. And now we think a lot like he's still with me today and he, you gotta have a Jason Clark in a company because you, you just have to. So, um, it, it takes good, it takes good people. Right. And to put that into perspective, so like Jason was, I don't, I'm not sure. When was, like, how far along were you once you hired him? Ooh, I think Jason's been with us 25-ish. Um, I don't know that exact number, but 25-ish years. So um, there was some other ones before he came along, uh, maybe even more than that. So, yeah, I would say, if, you know, we were into it four or five years for sure before Jason come, you know. And so if he's been there for about 25 years, I'm only 28 years old, going to be 29. So, like, Jason's basically worked at Kaiser for as long as I've been alive, essentially, you know, a little bit less. But that's what, like, I remember being around him when I was growing up, like when I was riding like tricycles and stuff around Aww. like little, you know, like big wheels, 
around the wow. shop because that's when uh um uh when the painting was a little bit out at, at the the place where mom and dad live now which is where i thought uh like the original was and that's why recently on social media we had a picture of the that detached garage because i thought that's where it started and then dad came into my office at the end of the day like he normally does just to talk about how the day went and see if i need anything he's like who uh who who got that picture for the first shop or Kayser. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I think mom probably got it, got it for Chloe. I told her to get a picture for, from uh, the the place. And he was like, well, that's not the first, that's not the first <laughs> shop. And I was like, oh, really? I didn't know that. I was like, well, you can talk about it on the podcast, how I, how I got that wrong. <laughs> so sorry, followers, we lied to you um, <laughs> unintentionally, uh, but that was not actually the first. It was actually the second. Uh, Chloe, I'll get you the, the, I'll get that picture of that garage. It's still there. You have one? It's, no, I, I'll get, have to get one. I don't think. I will look through our file, through Sherry's pictures. She may have one. I'll get you that one, and then I'll get you the, uh, the second, the, well, the second one is obviously the, you know, where we're at now. And then there was a, there was a third one in between there, um, a small shop down by our shop that we have now. So there's been four locations actually. That's great. We'll set the record straight. Um, so everyone's up to date. Cause Jace, I don't think you even remember that third location. Do you? No, I just remember that there was a, an office over on like 56 and old Cheney. There's an office building there, but I don't know why. And I don't think there's any vans or anything there. Yeah. We had an office there for a little while. And then we had that other shop down by sit on sixth street. That was pre 1994. And I don't wow. remember, I don't remember that sh the actual shop, that shop at all. Yeah, I don't even know if I had ever been to it. Probably yeah. maybe a few times, but yeah, you would have been really young if you would have. Jay, what year did you move into your current location? 94. Okay. And did you build it from scratch or was the building there? No, I, we, we built it. I had it contracted by a, a Swiss Owl construction back and they built it for us. Okay. And then um, I had, I had Don Mann from Mann Custom Homes um, help me, but I, you know, pretty much he just assisted me in, in help you know, ramrod and the, the, the subs and whatnot. And then you just sort of expanded on that same lot over the years or did yeah. you purchase all of like, yeah, no, we were there for probably 10 years and then the buildings next, you know, there was built other two other buildings there, you know, the ones that we own now, they were there. Um, they just came up for sale as time went on. And of course I thought I needed, I might need those. So the first one comes up and I, we purchased that and we, we just rented it out. We, we left the renters in there. And then as we grew that blasting and, uh, and liquid, liquid coating boost, then I moved the, you know, people out. And then of course we didn't have enough room. So then I moved everybody out of that building and then wasn't much too many more years, probably maybe two or three, the next building came up. So I, um, I bought that one and left the renters in that one as well. And then I thought we needed to have, you know, powder coating made sense. So I started that and, um, 
took over half that building. And then as that grew and took off and was going decent, then I had the rest of the renters move out. So talk to me in, and if you don't want to talk about this, that's fine. We'll just move on. But like, how, how, how did you have the, um, confidence to keep, and I've never, I don't even really know the answer to this. how do you have the confidence to keep like adding on to other things? Like for me, I have confidence if I want to start something different because like, I feel like I've got, like, you're going to help me no matter what, but you lost your dad when you were relatively young and like, I never got to meet him. Um, so how are, how are you able to always just, you know, okay, I'm going to, we're going to start the blasting. Okay. We're going to start the powder without like, you've never really had a safety net. How, how mentally, how do you, how did you just keep driving forward? Because like, it'd be really hard for me to like, if, if I want to expand into something else, I want to do it right now while while you and mom are still part of the company not wait until you guys are retired because then i feel like i'm really uh on an island if i mess something up yeah that's a good question um when you're 22 years old and you you lose your father um that's that's kind of tough i mean you you just put there's no you know there's no room for you know failure there's no you're on your own and you go for it um i'm a kind of person that i look ahead i don't look behind um i put my head down and i get after it and that's just the way it is so i i grew up really quick at 22 to be honest um that was that's just the way it was that's what life dealt me and I moved on from there and put my head down and let her let it go to know how to grow. I, I just, you know, you get in a good point and you, you, you feel comfortable and you want to try something else. And, um, I'm always looking for something, um, for the next, for the next phase, you know? So was it like the same kind of mindset is like when we are racing, once we kind of like accomplished something, a championship or once a certain amount of races in a class, then it was just like, it was just co- like common knowledge. Like, Oh, we're just going to move up next year. We're going to get a bigger car and a bigger motor and then try that. Like, is that we like when you had, when you got painting to a certain point, you were just like, now it's time to, to do another thing. Yeah. I think it's based on success. Obviously. Um, I'm not a big, big person that looks at, you know, <laughs> success as the as well wow now that's just not who i am i mean but obviously if if you're successful and you're making money and you can afford to expand you just you just move on and you um i kind of get bored fast you know that um so i just move on to the next thing and conquer try to conquer it as well um so i don't get you know I, i like to always be doing something so where did the idea for blasting and liquid coating come from then because that's a bit of a departure from what you were doing. Yeah, I was doing liquids, um, not maybe industrial liquid so much, um, but blasting. I just there was a need. I thought there was a need. There might not have been as big a need as I thought there was. Maybe um, I'm a kind of person of, and, and maybe not the practice to follow, especially in today's world. Build it and they will come. Um, that's kind of the little bit of, I, I didn't think of it like that, but really that's kind of what I did looking back. Um, 
but it worked out. There was stuff there to do and I knew it would re go hand in hand. I knew there was a lot of steel and stuff like that that needed to be um, industrial coatings, needed a big booth, concrete trucks and whatnot. Um, so it just, it just worked out and, um, I, I thought there was a need and there was a need. I was right. Um, but so you just go, you build from there. Talk a little Is bit about, of... uh, oh, sorry, Clay, but can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit about, um, what was that guy? Was that guy's name Bill that you got the blasting? So I, I remember him kind of being somewhat of a crucial part at the start because he learned stuff from him and bought quite a bit of his equipment. Oh yeah. Bill Tremel. He was a, he was a sandblaster here in town. Um, old school, um, sandblasting, um, actually sand um and getting it in the truck manual getting it out of the back of a truck manual dumping it in the black into the pot blasting pot um but yeah and he was ready to retire and he wanted me to you know what he really wanted me to do is buy what he had there but i was way past that i've already envisioned having a having something we could drive into and have a room and I didn't want no dust blowing all over. You know, you, you can't let that happen anymore. Now that that's, that's in the past. You can't let silica sand, you know, that silica dust blow everywhere. Um, so I was there and he, you know, my vision was, is to have him come and, and give me and help me through getting it going and getting customers and whatnot. But he got sick and, and passed away from cancer right in the middle of that. And, um, I still purchased everything from his wife cause I felt like I needed, you know, I just, I felt like I needed to, um, mm -hmm. at that point it wasn't that much stuff. Um, we still have quite a bit of it today. Uh, we don't necessarily use it, but, um, um, we, we have it. So. so those, but the pots that are like those green pots, those are from him, right? And we, we still use one as our glass, glass pot. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're correct. I think we have a vacuum cleaner we still use too. And we have one of his um, airless pumps that still sprays today. So, wow. but yeah, I have one of my first, uh, what we call lacquer pumps that we put on woodwork with, uh, put all finishes on woodwork. I have my very first pump that, um, I bought when I started 30 some years ago and it still works and it still goes out on job sites today. Wow. How much did that That's pump, incredible. how much did that pump cost? That pump probably cost like, I thought it was horrendous, but I think it was like $500 maybe. That same pump today is like 2,600. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wow. Way to take care of your investment. That's awesome. I just fix them. I can repack them and put new parts. It's not like the, it's not like it hasn't ever wore out, but it, it I just buy and get different parts for it and just keep kind of like putting a new engine in a car. Mm -hmm. So that's where Jace gets his, uh, his joy of fixing things from. Yeah. He's, he grew up him and Jared, both my other son, youngest son, they, they grew up around fixing everything and having their hands on things and tearing stuff apart and putting it back together and welding and they, they didn't have no other options cause they were just in the middle of it all the time. Did you envision that your, one of your sons would go into the family business? Was that the plan or was that a surprise? 
that wasn't really a plan. I kind of, you know, both um, both Jason and Jared are very smart, intelligent. Um, they're, you know, they're both mechanical engineers, obviously, now. And I just didn't know, didn't really want them to deal with some of the stuff that I dealt with and the workload and the family, the, you know, there was a lot of, um, a lot of, you, you, there's a lot of missed out time on, on family and, and whatnot. Cause I was always working. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I regret, there's a few regrets here and there, but, um, anyway, I just didn't really think that was the direction and I knew they were well more educated than I was. So they would have a little bit easier situation, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, not, it's something to be said about being your own, your own boss and doing your own thing and making your own decisions. And, um, that's kind of how I was. And I think, um, was like that. And, and, and I think Jace and, and both Jared probably too, and seen that. And then, um, racing was like that with us and, um, with Jace got to see that. So I kind of think, uh, that probably had a little bit to do with where he's at today. Sure. Sure. So did you add, I, I know the powder coating, um, came about roughly around the time that Jace was starting to get involved. Was that for him or was that just something you were going to do anyway? And it worked out that he happened to have interest in it. Yeah, there is. I got a, I got a quick little story. I want to back up a little bit. Um, my cousin, Mike Lilly, um, he was, um, I talk about good people and, and, you know, I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of help along the way. I've had a lot of good, good people around me and cousins and whatnot, you know, or cousin, I should say on this part. Um, so there's been a lot of, a lot of good people with me. And I remember the first, um, the day I called him and I said, Hey, I need you. He's helped with me with painting through the years as well. Um, you know, he's been right there and I kind of, you know, he's helped me on jobs and then he's done stuff for me and he did, does, does painting and does it here and there and has through the years. I don't think he does as much as he did any now and anymore, but, um, he was on, I remember we did the Sherman baseball field and we were with boom trucks and it was muddy and the general had to have it painted because of this and that. And we were literally in mud up to our knees and stuck trucks and whatnot painted the exterior steel of that place and um so he he was in with the trenches with me so anyway when we bought that blast building that second building and um i started looking at specifications and stuff like that that i was ordering and we walked over to the fuse box which is still there today and he's like he opens it up and he's like i don't know much about what you're all getting but i'm positive we're not going to have enough power you know <laughs> it it takes tons of power you know three phase and he you know we had this little breaker box it was a 100 100 amp breaker box and we need like 400 amp three phase to run that stuff so that was a, a funny little note there that um <laughs> Um, and that's the first thing he always says, you know, and then we moved into the black or to the powder. So Michael helped me, um, put all those booths together, um, the blast booth and the paint booth. So he was all in, he was all involved with that there. So very, very supportive. Um, so that's how that worked. And then went to, we went to powder, the powder building the same way. I mean, he was, he was involved in that as well. We're going to have to get Mike on. 
at some point. Oh yeah. He, he's, yeah. he's a really funny guy. He's got a lot of fun stuff to say. He, I remember it just recently I was, he came down, we blasted and powder coated some motorcycle parts for him. He's got these, he, he's really big into restoring stuff and he has a, uh, a little motorcycle and that I remember riding when I was younger and he was finally restoring it all. But anyway, he was down there and he has he has a whole tribe of kids and all kinds of kids and that's all he does now is follow them around and he was saying how one of them is uh you know always does stuff his own way and and he reminds him a lot of uh dad jay and then mike he's like you know jay's the type of person that like um if you tell him like all right you're gonna go do open heart surgery Here's the steps on how they do the surgery, Jay. Because let's say Jay's going to go actually do the surgery. Here's the steps how they do the surgery. You need to do it in this order, and uh, and then it'll go all right. And Jay will look at it and be like, "No, nah, I got a better idea." <laughs> <laughs> and that's hundred percent true. Um, we'll get Mike on here just to tell stories about that because he's hilarious. He tells them a lot better than I do, but it's it's hilarious. Absolutely, Michael needs to be on there. Um, <laughs> he, he, he is an, another reason why we, uh, or had a, had a role in this whole, um, whole thing that we got going on here as, as Sherry calls it the monster and it eats every day. So, um, but yeah, he, he would be really funny. He's got a, he's a great guy. Got a great sense of humor. Um, anyway, yeah, he was a big, he was a big, one of the big peep keys and, and good people. That's great. When you look back on your history, is there a day or I guess a person that stands out as like the best day ever, um, a victory, something that really validated why you made all these choices? Oh, boy. I don't know. Is there a good day in business? I'm not sure about that one <laughs> or, or a victory. Um, again, I'm not a victory person, Chloe. Um, I don't dwell on success. Um you know, it's kind of like, I know we, I know me and Jace, we revert back to this, uh, racing quite a bit, but that was a, that was a big part of our lives as well. Um, but you know, it got to the point to where, well, we want to race no big deal. You know, um, that's kind of, I, I was a lot like that. And, and I think he is as well. You know, he just learned that through me. I guess I just, I don't really dwell on success. I just move forward and, and, um, I have the feel fear of failure, um, mm -hmm. still to this day. Jace, would you say that you're the same way? I, I think so for myself. I am. Um, because again, like he said, with racing, it was never, you know, we win a race and then it's, say you win by a couple car lengths like oh we we got to get better we should have won by a straightaway or you win by a straightaway oh we gotta you know we should have been lapping most of the field like so i've always just had the mindset of that you know it's never never good enough and that's part that can be a little bit of my downfall too i i think that's the way i think for myself but when i um when i do take some time to reflect on what like Jay and Cherry, mom and dad have accomplished, um, from where they started to where it is now. Um, I'm like, wow, that's like, that's crazy. Like they took mm -hmm. a lot of risks, a lot of times, you know, never really satisfied with it. And I've asked them both about that separately and they both, neither one of them really are like, look at it in awe like I do because it, it it's a, it's a big deal to, to be in business and then 
and be successful enough to then like be able to expand if you want. And, but when you expand, you're kind of starting all over again, you open yourself up to a ton more risk. And if you know that the new venture goes bad, it could bring your, your first venture down with it kind of thing. So I, when I look at what they've accomplished, um, I look at it more of like, wow, that, that, like just the, everything as a whole is like, that's a really big accomplishment. I, when I look at what I brought to the table and how I've grown it, I don't really think about it much. Every once mm-hmm. in a while, I, I'll, I'll step back and be like, man, we're, we're actually putting a lot of, of, uh, parts out the door or whatever. But we did the, the mentality since I've been young is just, you know, we don't, we're all, we're real hard on ourselves. I've always been really hard on myself and, and I've got, um, in my day to day, I don't, I'm not around, um, mom and dad very much, but I'm around our team members now. And one of the main ones is Chauncey and I grew up with him. Um, we went to school together from like, we've known each other since kindergarten. We had very similar upbringings. Our parents are very similar. He, we played sports together. We went racing together and me and him kind of have the, are the same of that. We never really relished in the wins very much. We always were, you know, ready to go back to practice and work harder and get bigger and stronger and faster and, and work on the race cars harder during the week so it can be faster. And so me and him kind of the day to day, you know, if stuff goes good, we're just like, yeah, well, we, that's good because tomorrow's not going to go good. You know, so it's, it's kind of like, yeah, that's, that was nice that today went good, but we got to get ready for tomorrow because we got this and this and this could go bad. So, and so my day to day is similar to, I think the way dad thinks about it. And, um, every once in a while I pick my head up and, and kind of like, wow, but that's only for 10 minutes. And then the next fire starts and then you just go put that out and you forget, you forget about, forget about the reflecting. Right. So Jay, if you're pushing yourself this way all the time, I mean, the business must consume your thoughts all the time. Yeah. Um, it has over the years. Um, when we started racing it, that, that helped me get away a little bit. Um, I'd focus on that. Um, we don't do that no more. So I don't think, yeah, it does consume a lot of my time. Um, I've gotten older now and my body's starting to give up a little bit. So it's slowing me down more than I would like to be, but that's part of life, I guess. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's on my mind constantly. Um, seeing what's next. Um, what am am I missing? Now that racing isn't really part of your day to day as much anymore, is there anything you can do to step away or refresh? Like what are your what are your hobbies or interests outside of work at this point? Oh, that's work. Good. That's a good question. <laughs> He's always. Fixed. I think it's I think it's work. Um, I, I know we go out to the lake and stuff like that now in the summer or whatnot. But um, yeah, it's it's just you know fixing things or working around the house or or, or that around the acreage or whatnot. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, there there's it, it's a less it, the answer to your question, Chloe. It's less now than it was. Um, of course, you know, Jace has taken a lot off of my plate, so, um, I can envision, um, slowing down some, um, and, and doing things that we, that I should have done, um, let go on vacations and, 
and whatnot. I, I can't have the time back with the boys, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of my regrets is probably not taking time to smell the roses. Mm -hmm. So when you look at your future, do you see a lot more of that? Do you see more vacations? Do you have other projects percolating? What's next for you? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I still got this, you know, painting thing to keep, to keep getting going. And, and, and so it's, it's something that's, um, it, it needs to be, you know, that make some changes and we're bringing other team members in and trying to, um, I want, I don't want to say simplify it, but, um, try to make it more, more user friendly for, uh, other people to do instead of having it all in my head. Um, and, and in Jason Clark's head, trying to get it so other people can do it so I can go away a little bit. And I don't know if vacation is going to be something that's, uh, a term that's going to be, um, done a lot. Um, but yeah, I would like to do it and spend some time with Sherry and then, um, I'll be doing, I'll, I'll figure out something to do. Um, I may start, um, building houses. I don't know. Two questions. I'll let you pick which one you want to answer. How about that? Sounds good to me. We're just First getting started. Question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that this has to end. It certainly doesn't. I'm just getting to the we, end of my We might need time. a part two, huh? That's right. That's right. We got to save some stuff for the future. So option one would be to tell us a little bit about how you've changed over the years and things that you've learned. Uh, option two would be to offer up advice to anyone who has entrepreneurial aspirations. And I guess they're connected. So yeah, I can do both, both of those. Um, how have I changed? If you're asking um, Sherry this question, um, I was a kind, sweet individual when she met me. <laughs> um, to ask someone that knows me after I started my business, they would not say that, I doubt. Um, not that I do it on purpose. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely hardened me. Um, I got taken advantage a little bit when you're young, you know, and you're around a bunch of, um, uh, an older, I was young when I got in this stuff. I mean, everybody that I was working for and was around on a daily basis was twice my age, um, or more. So they can push a little more, you know, when you're young, you push, you push the younger ones a little bit more than you probably should when you're older. I think mm -hmm. that just happens. Um, so I learned quick. I got hardened on that. Um, yeah, losing my father at a young age hardened me too. So, yeah, I've gotten meaner, uh, probably less um, agreeable. And I don't necessarily mean, I guess mean, maybe not it, but just more aggressive. And, and I'll take anybody's, you know, I'm not going to put up with anything. I've, I've just been down there and done that. Um, right. so yeah, I've changed, um, maybe not for the better. I think I'm getting back, going back the other way. At least I think, uh, I think I am. And I think Sherry would agree with that. So yeah, I'd agree too. You're yeah. not as intense as you, there was a peak probably, I don't know when I was in high school, I feel like, okay. I feel like the, the start of you relaxing maybe a little was when I started taking over the racing as like making the decisions and 
Yeah. Like yep. I was surprised that, and even now today, when I think back, I don't even know how it happened where I started making setup decisions and I started doing like you just, just like, I guess you just like took a step back. Like you were still obviously a part of it, but I was like, I felt like I was making calls. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that, you know, yes, I, that is for sure. And I, and I just, once I realized it, of course, I don't realize it right away. Jace knows that because I'm all, I have to have my hands on everything. Um, but now I've, I've learned, um, you know, that I've learned a lot with Jace taking over and helping with things and whatnot. So, yes, I step back and I consciously have to step back and know and think about doing that as well. So, yeah, it's changed a lot, which is helping me a ton. So, but, yeah, Um I think Sherry would agree with that. This this whole whole operation we can talk about we're talking about today. I mean, without without Sherry, there's just you know it it isn't happening. I mean, she's the other half of this this monster that um, without her accounting and her finances and running running the books and counting all the beans and um, it, it wouldn't have happened. I mean, her, uh, I don't know if she brought this up before, but when we started this business, we took out a small business loan and, um, you know, I thought I had a boat and I had a four wheel drive truck and I had a motorcycle and I thought, man, you know, I thought, heck, that was good. And I was going to put all that up for collateral for, you know, to get a loan with and thought that would be plenty. And, um, we get there and they're all the bankers like, oh, geez, don't you have anything else? And <laughs> Sherry's sitting over there and then pretty soon she squeamishly says, well, I have a 1984 Honda Prelude um, or whatever what year it was. It was at that same time. And he's like, oh, yeah, that'll be perfect. That would work. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> so that's how this whole thing got started is um, we took out a borrowed money up against sherry's 1984 honda so, i love that honda prelude and i love that and so it's much. been great ever since and again without her um this we wouldn't be here today as, as well because she has been in this with her blood sweat and tears just like i have wow so people who are going into this for themselves um I mean, obviously, I think one of the themes that we've talked about today was surround yourself with the right people. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. You have to have good people around you in today's world, too. And Jace is extremely good at this. Um, he's, he's, he's much better at hiring or, or finding the right people and put him in the right place because I try to will him into place. He places them into place um, and puts them in and lets them excel at their at what they do the best. And I, you know, I'm old school, so he, he, right now it's like, he, you know, you have a new, new ways, the new school like he does and I'm old school. And I think we sprinkle a little of both back and forth. You got to have both because there's certain right. things that I just know will not work. So there's a little of old school and the new school and it's really, it's really working. And, um, so yeah, it's you got to have good people working for you and then you have to have good insurance accountants attorneys you know obviously that stuff comes as as you grow and you get bigger you don't need that right off the gate but you've got to get around good people not fly by nights if if they're doing it for half of what somebody else is doing it for there's a reason 
They're right. not, they're not the people you want around you. That's great advice. How much would you two say that you consult with each other on things? And when you do, is it kind of casual, like you're talking about it at dinner or do you actually like meet to discuss things? Both, I would say on a daily basis. Um, usually before dad leaves, he comes over to my office and we just talk, ask me if I need anything and we'll talk about stuff then. Um, I would say we probably don't really discuss or run by day-to-day stuff with each other. But like big things that are broke that got to be fixed, big things coming up, maybe big projects or something where we feel like we need the other one's help or want want them to know about it. So if we can't get it taken care of, they can they know that something's happening so they can step in type of thing. Mm -hmm. I would say the bigger decisions and then usually the bigger decisions start as conversations between me and him. And then we obviously have to loop in mom before we make a final decision. Don't you think? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I, I don't get involved with at, at first I did for a little bit and then I, I don't get involved with days. Jace's day-to-day operation. People will call me, you know, because you know, the, all the older customers or older the people that have been with us and been around or, or used our services over the years. I mean, obviously they call me and they want to talk to me. That's getting less and less as we go on in time. But um, they'll call me and say, "Hey, Jay, yeah, well, can we? Can you blast and powder gun?" I'm like, "Yeah, we can," but um, that's not my world. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I don't. That's not me. That's not my department. You know, that's what uh, that's Jace's, and he can handle you just call over there and he'll take care of it so i really don't know um about his day-to-day stuff i really don't i I pay attention you know obviously i know what's going a little bit i have an idea just by looking at the flow but i don't know whose stuff it is you know i couldn't tell you if it's one of my best friends or my best customer stuff over there or not i i have no idea so but day-to-day stuff we talk about it i go see him at the end of the day and um, you don't need to talk about every little thing. That's that's just a waste of time. He's he's capable, and I'm capable of mine. So and it. So when I first uh, started in the blasting and powder coating was going, powder coating was really new, and I was kind of working over there. And then slowly but surely, I would just taking more and more stuff on. Um, and then there was a point where I was I was pretty much taking handling everything on a day to day basis, and it used to just royally piss me off when people would want to talk to him or think that they had to talk to him or and that I couldn't help them and that you know and it was old friends of of Jay's or people that he's worked with forever but it just drove me nuts that they you know because I was so young that they'd be like Mm -hmm. well you know, no, I need to talk to Jay. Like, no, I, I handle this now. You can talk to me. Right. And they're like, no, I need to talk to Jay. Like, no. but I, could, but I'm the one he's going to, he's going to talk, you know, cause at that time he would talk to them and handle it all. And then later come to me and say, okay, here's the project. Now you can take it from here. And it just used sure. I, so I was like, just t- tell them that you can't help them and send them back <laughs> to me. And so, but eventually we got far enough along that then it, then it switched over. But for a lot, for about probably about a year or six months to a year, it, I just bothered the crap out of me. 
Yeah, that that's because of the the long relationship you form in the, in this in this industry. Um, I do the same thing with um, companies that I've done business with, and their their kids have taken over, or, or someone younger. You just you just normally gravitate to the to your to your age group, I guess it is. Um, but they they soon learn, find out right away after a couple of brief conversation with Jace that they're in good hands. He he knows what he's doing. He, he, there ain't no, you don't have to talk to figure out long that it's, it, you're going to, you're going to be taken care of. Sure. So. I was watching a uh, King of the Hill the other day, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the show, but it's kind of centered around this probably mid forties man who lives in Texas and he's very old school. And he had some line about like, if you're going to employ a father son business, make sure you talk to the father. Um, and what you guys are saying is that that's not always good advice. No. And in the case of Kayser, the father's going to refer you to the son if it's a question about blasting and coding. Correct. But then I always, you know, some people, what, another thing that's funny is people think, um, they'll ask me questions about painting, like putting paint, when I say painting, like paint on walls. And even though that that's been like the heart of the company since it ever started, you know, and still is a huge portion of it today uh like i'm like i don't know how to put paint on a wall like i it's, <laughs> like i i literally probably painted a couple walls in my life like that is i don't know i don't know what product to tell you to get i don't know i have no idea <laughs> i'm slowly starting to kind of learn that stuff um but i have no idea about any of that so i always have to refer them back to dad yeah he he's getting the hang of that now because he's getting more involved with the stuff over there um but yeah it it's just the way it's called uh, transition um circle of life i guess and it'll it'll be fine uh, it'll it's all in good hands and we can make it work and we'll go and everybody's in their own departments i've always said you know that me and sherry have always had departments and you know the bookkeeping and the money and all the stuff that in and out that's her department the kids the boys raising them that was her department um, I just got the work, um, figured out how to get it done, bid the job. So yeah, you got to have departments advice. You just, um, if you're going to go into it with, with your wife, it, that may be, it's not, that's not for everyone, by the way. I mean, I don't think every wife and husband and wife could go into business together. Like Sherry and I have, um, there was a lot of ups and downs, you know, it wasn't a perfect little, we make this sound like it was a perfect match made in heaven and there was no, no ups and downs, but yeah, there, there was a lot of ups and downs. It's, it's just how you adapt and move with those. So not everybody's going to be able to spend as much time as Sherry and I have over the years together and, and still have a relationship. It's, but, um, it's been great and she's been fantastic. And, and, and now Jace has taken on that, um, another role and, who knows where this thing will go? Uh, the sky's the limit. We'll just keep keep forging ahead. Sky's the limit, Jace. Yeah, I got to ask him about racing real quick because he said that he'd be interested in in racing again, but but in being in a different role than he was before. So, what is your envision if we ever start racing again someday of like the race team makeup? Someone else is paying the bills. <laughs> That's first and foremost, <laughs> like a big Me sponsors, like we need sponsors. Oh. Um, and then, I mean, I would obviously, 
you know, do, I wouldn't, I, 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 like I said, I couldn't be staying up till, um, I mean, literally we'd work all day on a Friday, you know, we, we would race. There was times we would race. I think Jay's touched on this, but, um, um, it's a big part of our life as well Is you know, he started when he was nine years old, uh, and we point raced every single year. And if you know what points means, that means you're going for track championships. You accumulate points every week. And heaven forbid, you can't miss, you know. You couldn't miss. Sherry dealt with that as well. You know, she dealt with the, the monster at work and the work and everything. But racing was another big part of our life. And we did not, uh, Chloe, we did not miss a race. Um, weddings, funerals, um, birthdays. You name it, bapt. They all came for the racing came first. Um, wow. So um, it dominated us, and and that was. <laughs> so yeah, I wouldn't do that no more. I, I wouldn't be missing that. Um, if we have, if we ever get lucky enough to have grandkids, there ain't no way I'm missing a grandkid birthday for going to a race. That ain't happening. Um, and so that. stuff like that, big events, that's not happening. Um, but I would drive the motor home and, and put in time. I would, you know, I'd probably be 25% of what I was doing. Okay. All right, fair enough. So, Jace, you'd need to find someone else to pick up the slack? Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how I can piece this back together again someday. <laughs> Keep the dream alive. I mean, ideally, if there's grandkids, they will also be involved in racing, right? Well, I was, I was thinking the other day, because um, mom was asking me, you know, are you ever going to settle down and, and have a family? Because I'm single. And... Um, you know, I always thought I would, but then recently, you know, I don't know. I just was like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. But then when all the snow came through a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know what? I got to have a boy so he can help me move all this snow someday. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Built in work. Yep. But he might not want to work, you know. I can, you know, there might be the times where you're, you're going out there and cutting all the branches off the trees and the two boys scatter like there was no tomorrow. You know, I'd have all these trees laying on the ground and go in the house and I asked Sherry, where are the boys at? Oh, they're gone. They seen you, <laughs> they seen you cutting them limbs down and they're out of here. <laughs> they knew how to hide. Oh yeah. 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 Me and Jared always talk about that. Uh, um, the worst thing to wake up to on a weekend was the was the uh <laughs> chainsaw going outside and it's like oh no i'm doing what i'm doing and i was thinking they're both home and i was gonna have plenty of help but that <laughs> of course mom's like they got their lives you can't just go cutting trees down and think they're gonna help you yeah. <laughs> she was always on their side which is fine yeah they needed that so but they were always, they always, I shouldn't say, they were always helping and doing everything. They were, they, they did what they were expected to do and whatnot. So. <laughs> but even if you have a son, Jason doesn't guarantee that they will be there to help. Exactly. You. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or can't expect them to be. Yeah. Sure. All right. Well, do you have any more? I don't, I don't have any more questions. You got anything else you want to talk about? Do you have anything? I can't think of anything else. That's pretty much in a nutshell what this whole um, journey has been about. Um, a lot of good people keep stressing that. Mike Lilly definitely needs to be um, on this thing. He'd be good for that. 
lot of other people we need to get people that have been around us for a while to, you know, not just to get our, our perspective on this company or whatever, all about us, about what's, what else is out there, you know, what, what, what are their lives like? What have they been doing? And how did that, you know, what's, what's changed? And there's a lot of good people we've been around over the years that are fantastic human beings. So what, what do we do wrong on the podcast that we need to, the first week where we're just getting up and going, he told me, he's, he's like, it was, he poked in his head in my office. I listened to the podcast and, and, uh, you need to talk louder. <laughs> That's all I said. <laughs> he didn't tell me anything else. He's just like, you need to talk louder. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Obviously you're just getting it going and I think it's cool. I've, I've always been impressed. You know, I've always been kind of coaxing him. I said, you need to start doing it. That's part of social media, right? I mean, yeah. it is what it is. I mean, and most people may be bored with what we're saying, but we have friends and families and, and, and people we've worked with, they'll, they'll enjoy this first part of this deal, but obviously you need to get, you know, the industry, you know, get the, get the, the bills and, and chemicals involved and get the, um, Jason Halls and, and Sherman Williams is involved and talk about stuff like that and whatnot. And who knows, maybe you'll get somebody important, you know, I don't know, just keep building and making it better or shoot for the sky, you know, um, mm -hmm. more than anything that you can get knowledge away from it. You know, this is all great and stand it's, it's a starting point where it's kind of gets everybody under the understanding, but at, at the end of the day, somebody's not going to want to listen to, I mean, would you know, about some, some crazy family's life that they, they've been with. I mean, that's, that's kind of boring actually, if you ask me, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's great. I think it's fantastic. Just get good people. And again, surround yourself with good people. I always thought we should start a reality show like, uh, the American chopper. Ooh. Yeah. I think, I think having, um, um, instead of, uh, I think having the guys in your intro, I think that intro is pretty cool. That's kind of a, a day. Uh, that's my day a lot too. I could do that same thing, but maybe having, um, the guys chime back about something. That would be uh, really good. <laughs> have them involved. Um, you know, get, get, get them going. We have a lot of did a good characters. Jace has done a great job of building a, a work environment. Um, way better than I have. Um, there, there's a, not that I don't have good people. I do have good people. I have a Jason Clark. I told you before, you gotta have a Jason Clark phenomenal human, phenomenal worker, human. I mean, he's a great guy. Um, you gotta have that. And I've had a lot of good employees, but he's, but Jason has a way of building a team and get them and they seem like they're having fun and, and doing, and, and you got to enjoy it. And they, 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 they got a good bunch of good guys. I think they need to be, um, you know, get that in, get that involvement going so they can, you know, they can pay part, take a role in it as well. You know, whatever it may be. I, I don't know. That's, that's Chloe. That's your job to figure that all out. Well, I know Chauncey's your Jason Clark, isn't he Jace? Yeah, absolutely. You go all the way back to kindergarten. We should get him on the show. He could tell us all kinds of stories about you. Yeah, we should because, uh, it's because he, he has a family now and he has two young girls and they have another, um, a little boy on the way. And, uh, I wonder, I haven't, I haven't straight up asked him, but I'm always curious about how is he, cause he, he works a lot of hours really similar mm -hmm. to me and, uh, I'm not sure quite, you know, I don't have anybody I have to answer to, or I don't have anywhere I have to be really. 
but he has all kinds of other respons- personal responsibilities outside of work, and I'm not quite sure how he gets all that accomplished. Yeah, he'd be a good one. He's my third son, yeah. by the way. Is he? Yeah. Sherry's third yeah. son as well. Oh, that's great. I'd love to chat with him sometime. Phenomenal person. Great parents. A lot like we all are. I mean, it's it's crazy how much they're, Jason and Chauncey are alike, really, at the end of the day. So, you grew up together like brothers. Yeah. I remember the day that he was, you know, Chauncey was always into big sports and whatnot, and Jace was, Jace tried, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, try. Yeah, he he got to see him throw something. Um, we should video that. <laughs> if you're if you're having a snowball fight with Jace, you don't have to worry about getting hit with a snowball. Okay, you could stand wow. right there and you can just let him fire away. He will hey, be able to hit you. You could have taught me how to throw a snowball. Well, I know. I, that, I got that. That's one of my things. I didn't have. I was always well, we racing. He I was, was always working. Race. Yeah, I was always working. But anyway, I, I, um, we were at some sporting event, and you know, of course, Chase wanted to be a lot like Chauncey. Chauncey was a little athlete. That little guy could do. It's crazy what he could do. But um, we were somewhere or something, and I can't remember what it was. But he comes running back. Chauncey Zeman's here. Oh my God! You know, he was so excited that Chauncey was here, and it's like, so that goes way back. I mean, he was just a little guy. So they've they've had a, a long relationship together. So it's cool. It's it's been really cool to see. That's very sweet. I also did not know until today that Jace did not have hand-eye coordination. Oh, I have hand-eye coordination. Yeah, just not just throwing. Can't throw something. He throws like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> but I can drive a race car like yep. you've never seen. Yeah. <laughs> he, he can definitely do that. He can play trampoline basketball like nobody's business. Um, but, yeah. Um, and they re- they tried wrestling. Both Jace and Jared tried wrestling. Jared's a little bit better at it than Jace. But, yeah, I mean... That was that was my bad. That that's part of the regret, you know. I didn't spend all my time was working. It was mom's job to get them in soccer or whatever the case may be, and that wasn't fair to them, really. But it's too late now. Can't change it. I just don't want him to make that mistake. Right. All right. Well. Thanks for coming on here, and I wasn't sure if you would want to do it when we asked you, but I figured if we did mom first, then then you would want to come on since she was on here. So I guess my plan worked. Yeah, it, it did work. That probably wouldn't I probably wouldn't have said yes at the beginning, but so I had to had to get a few things straightened up and make sure we're starting from the right place and whatnot. But yeah, I think it's great. I think this is all I, this this is what the whole world this is business is about now is social media. So Chloe, it's great having you on board and you're doing a fantastic job. Um, this is just that. the next level. And I, I think it all, you don't see, you don't see the benefits from it right away. Right. I mean, you, you just don't see that down on paper. I mean, if, right. if I asked Jace to prove to me how, how this is all making us money, I mean, he, I don't think he can do that. I'm pretty sure he can't, but, um, over the long haul, um, day in and day out, uh, this is the, this is the new yellow pages, right. You know, right. And I think in a lot of ways, the podcast is sort of a return to radio, too. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, we moved away from that as a society, and now we're back to listening to people talk about things. Yeah. Um, Just got to keep it yeah. interesting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
All right. Well, we'll have maybe have you back on someday about it when you're getting closer to retiring or something like that, or when I when I find a big sponsor. So we, I'm getting ready to start the race team up. I'll break the news on here <laughs> to you or something. Yeah, retire. I don't think that. I don't know. I don't think the word retirement's gonna be when, when you're not at cabinet. when you're not at Kaiser painting every single day. Yeah, there you go. That. That's for at four in the morning. Yeah, yeah, you got it. All right. Well, thanks. You bet. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Chloe. Thank you so much. All right. So to wrap up here, the um, hot tip of the week. Chloe was saying that uh, w- we made some social media posts this week about the F9A green that we use, and we use it from PPG. And so most people be like, well, what's F9A green? That actually is a, a John Deere green. Um, and most there's quite a few powder coating companies that um, can meet, like John Deere specs or Caterpillar specs um, or other big um uh, tractor industrial type companies um usually it's not every single manufacturer that that can't that meets the specs or wants to meet the spec because once there's a couple manufacturers that kind of take most of the business of like let's say a john deere it's harder for other ones to get in so they all kind of gravitate to their own directions and develop relationships with those bigger companies. Um, but they usually don't call their colors like John Deere green or, um, case IH red or Caterpillar yellow because it's kind of like trademarking issues and like they can't use those other companies names to help sell their products. So, um, typically a John Deere green, the people that make the companies that make it call it like F9A green. Um, and I think yellow is pretty similar to it. It's not F9A, but it has a kind of a, another acronym for it. Um, and so basically, we're spraying a powder. Uh, the reason why we're using it is because our customers want John Deere green on their parts. We're not necessarily spraying it for John Deere, or we've sprayed the Caterpillar yellow before, but we're not actually working for Caterpillar. Somebody just is redoing one of their pieces of equipment and they want caterpillar yellow so we find the crossover to that and we get it but we are actually using the powder that gets used on those pieces of equipment meaning it's not just like a color match and the product is way different it's actually the same product it can meet those specs um so it's actually gonna hold up the same way as like the factory stuff is um and we've always kind of tried to make sure we're following it's close to um those manufacturer specs as we can with our pre-treatment and and with the coating itself because um, it opens us up to maybe do some work for them someday. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of those big companies do their own coating in-house, um, but you know everybody gets busy and every once in a while companies outsource. So if, if we're going to be using the products that that they use, we might as well make sure that we're actually doing it correctly and in, in, in the way that they want it done so that way we if if we got called upon we'd be like yeah actually we use your product and we we use it to your specs and they would probably have to certify it and come and want to look and see but we would be familiar and comfortable and would be able to take advantage of those situations so um that's why when on our posts on social media if we call something like um 
we have an ag red from diamond bogle that's a master to case ih red but it's called ag red um and we have a a, a color that looks that's basically john deere yellow and that's one of our stock yellows but that's called ag yellow um that's also from diamond bogle so um when people come in and, and ask for those famous colors we do have them we just don't necessarily call it that when you're seeing it on our social media and you're like i think that's john deere yellow why are they calling it that mm -hmm. yellow because we we're not supposed to call it by the, sure. the name of the company so do you find yourself spraying um the f90 green primarily on agricultural equipment yeah or or like little um pieces of like little car part not car parts little tractor parts or yeah or africa um, pedal tractor like little pedal okay. things where people are wanting to restore that and they really want that that actual color that's where we would use the john deere green or or john deere yellow on a lot of mower parts people bring in mm -hmm. old old decks for mowers that they're trying to get all the rust cleaned up and get it repowder coated and so that's when we're using those colors is usually on like ag type equipment or if somebody's sure. like like a sign or something that's for the ag stuff. Sure. So we had a question um, from social media that I actually did not know the answer to. Um, Matt Larkin on LinkedIn earlier this month wanted to know how effective is blasting on parts that are e-coded? That stuff is difficult to remove. So we've actually blasted some e-coding off before. E-coding is uh, another process, just like liquid coating and powder coating. E-coating is a, another process. So the E is like stands for electro. Um, e-coating is a, a dipped process. So it's a bath actually of paint that's charged and the parts grounded or vice versa. It can be two different ways. You can have the charges flipped and the parts get moved through this big bath and through the you know through the paint basically that's just a big vat and through the electrostatics the paint sucks to the part then it comes out and so the idea behind it is that when you dip it it gets everywhere it gets in every nook and cranny so that happened a lot of the automotive industry uses it on like your car frames that everybody drives down the street and car parts that's most of the time e-coding happens first as like a primer and um, and so since the, that's what's used on all that stuff, of course, it's a good coating. Of course, it's adhered really well. Um, but we've had, to, we've had to blast it off because the e-coating gets done on these big lines. And if their line goes down or has to stop in the middle of the process, messes stuff up. So there, it's more than just dipping it in paint and being done. It's, it's a lot of stages. It's, I don't know the exact, but you're probably talking 10 to 15 stages of baths and sprays that it goes through to get through this whole process very involved very expensive um, operations um, but they run so many parts through them that it makes it economical um, and so some big parts we've had to blast off the e-coating because halfway through the process it line got stopped or something went wrong or their their bath was contaminated it blasts off really similar to powder coating so it's stuck on there pretty good powder coating is usually really hard to get off and takes a while e-coating is usually pretty thin film though um so it's, it's usually not very thick because it's just the initial primer coat and the e-coating process allows them to really control film thickness really really well very uniform and, and keep it very thin. So in that sense, it, it ends up being not too bad. 
Um, it doesn't just fly off like old crappy paint that's, or, mm-hmm. or a rusty part where rust is just flying off everywhere. But um, I would say blasting is pretty darn effective on e-coated parts. Uh, it didn't it didn't like stump us or didn't take like a week to get it off. Um, I wouldn't. So you can, if something is really hard to blast off, you could burn off the part. So you could burn the paint to the point to where it's just like basically dust. And then you could blast it just to clean it up. Um, and from our experience, the parts that we blasted that were e-coated, I wouldn't have burnt them off first. I felt like it came off fast enough that, that it would be just fine. Now ours you know, we were blasting e-coding that had gone wrong. So maybe if it had gotten through the whole process, it would have been a lot harder. But our experience mm-hmm. was that we were able to blast it off similar to powder coating, but easier because it just wasn't on as thick as powder coating normally is. Is burning it off something Kaser can do in-house or do you have to outsource that? We outsource that. We don't have a burn off oven, even though we have two really large ovens that we cure in, they don't go near high enough. So we, mm-hmm. you know, powder cures around 400 degrees to burn paint or powder off, you got to be up above, I don't even know the number, but it's well above a thousand. So like parts are getting red hot. Um, we've looked into having a burn off, but we don't have the need enough to install it ourselves. It's, it's cheaper to just outsource a few times a year. If we were using it every week or every day, then we would probably invest in it. But, um, normally we end up just defaulting to blasting it off. It takes longer, but but the cost is usually actually pretty similar to burning off. Um, mm-hmm. So it just we bounce back and forth. But like I said, it's probably only like two times a year we we outsource burn off. So I, right now we haven't really haven't come to the point where like wow we need to do this ourselves. Okay. So essentially, the answer to Matt's question is, uh, I mean, we blast and it works. Yeah. From our standpoint, we've tried it. We and it was it's just been a couple times on really small runs. So I wouldn't say we have a ton of experience in it. But um from our experience, I think it blasts off just like powder. I, I he said in his comment that stuff's difficult to remove, but um like powder's difficult to remove also. So sure. it's kinda of, I, I would put it in the same category. Great. Great. All right. Well, that was, uh, this might be up there for our longest episode. But they just keep getting longer and yeah, longer. But it was a good one, I think. Um, is there anything else that you want to add? Or I think we got everything covered today. It was a good, good show, I think. We covered some ground for sure. All right. Well, we got, we'll be bringing episode five here in a couple of weeks. We will be interviewing somebody. We haven't decided yet, I don't think, but we'll have another guest on the show. So we'll look forward to talking to everybody then. Hey, is everything working good for you? You need anything? Anything broke? Anything leaking? Just make sure we stay on track with the yellows and everything will be fine. Little things lead to big things. When you stay late tonight, we need to get this job finished up. Overall, I think everybody's doing a great job. Keep up the good work. It's getting hot out, so make sure you're drinking plenty of water. I know this job's been difficult, and everybody's getting frustrated. But if we can't do it, nobody else can. That's the reason why the job's here, because nobody else could get it figured out. Just keep working at it. 
people get frustrated. We'll keep collecting data, taking good notes, and we'll get it figured out. Does anybody else have anything?